you know, I only care about three games. You know, like a lot of it used to be like every game came out, I was playing it. Now it's mm-hmm. like a lot of games come out per year. I just buy like three of them. Yeah. Just buy three. I get that. You know, I'm normally just good with that. Because what I've been playing lately, I put like a lot of hours into. Like I might play one for like 75 hours. That's like three months for me. Uh, For me, if it's something that like I just like I'll keep playing. Then I'm not sure if it ever like if it won't stay on that service, I'll I'll buy it. Yeah. But like I know for sure that anything that's a first party Microsoft title now will be on that service pretty much forever. No, nah, I didn't go anywhere. So I kind of keep it for those. I did try um the Sony version. Mm-hmm. Uh, fuck! I can't remember what theirs is called. I think it's just that, that they rebranded it. It's just a part of PlayStation Plus. Yeah, it's like a different tier. I can't remember if it's extra or what what it's called. But I I got hit and uh, it's kind of neat because it has like almost all the Final Fantasy games on there. You can play, except for like you know the new one. Yeah, they're gonna make you buy some of them. Yeah, and it has a Horizon Zero, no, Horizon Forbidden West, mm-hmm. which I probably won't go back to play that because, oh my god, I was so bored with that game. That game is, and sometimes what happened, what happened with uh, with games like that is that they're really they're really visually appealing, and then that's kind of it. That's kind of all you get out of it. Which that's not a bad thing, you know. I'm not knocking it or anything, but like I said, it's just you know once once you once you're done looking at it, you you kind of don't have nothing left. That's kind of how I feel about the first Horizon, which I didn't think the first Horizon was a bad game. I, I really liked it, but it's it's kind of like once I played like two hours of it, I like I think I kind of mm-hmm. got all I need out of it. Like I, um, I, I wouldn't. I, well, maybe it was Aloy. I don't. I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't invest in Aloy. Maybe that was my problem. Aloy was like, she wasn't a bad character. Well, I don't know. Maybe she. Maybe she is a bad character. But it's like there really isn't anything to really capture you to wanting. To like find out more about her because it was kind of like you kind of already figured it out. Yeah, Aloy, Aloy as a person was quite cookie cutter. You kind of yeah, she was very much the um, the template of like like all the characters, like what they did with Ray in uh, Star Wars. She was now she was a little bit better. She she was much better, in my opinion. Perfect. Well, yeah, yeah, because. Yeah, the the ray the ray the ray scenario was a little bit more. Um, Wait, if I had power. to, I can't remember which came out first. So they, I, I would have to say they had to be within at least three years of each other. I can say that confidently. Yeah, so I would say that, regardless, I'm not trying to say somebody either one was copied or whatever. Like they were a copy of another person or whatnot. Regardless, I feel Ray is a very. Ray and Aloy have very similar background and personalities. And the difference is that Lisa, 
Ray was just uh, like too powerful, too quick. Yeah, that was I mean, you know I've said it a thousand times. That's my only issue with Ray. I feel like with Aloy, I I I feel like with Aloy, the okay. So the way they wrote the story, they could have put Aloy out and they could have put uh, Allison in, or they could took Allison out, and put Adrian in. They could take Adrian out and put you know you know Austin in. You know what I'm saying? Like the way mm-hmm. they written that story, it was so interchangeable, and they just kind of built that character in the mold. I you know I'm not. Once again, not trying to disrespect Aloy, but like I go back to what I said earlier, it was very cookie cutter. It was very, I didn't feel the layer or the depth in the character. I feel like story wise, I got more story out of the world than I got out yeah. of Aloy. Now, yeah, it was still I, I would well. agree with. I would agree with you on that. Like the story itself, like the world itself, the world building was really good. Yeah, the world building was, was uh, in the first notch. game. In the first, first game. game. <laughs> uh, second game was a little bit. riveting exciting life altering episode of geek syndrome i am you know, i, I kind of wish we had a sound like a little sound thing like uh like streamers use so we could kind of use that in our advantage because that would be really cool for these intros but uh yeah my name is ed and uh, welcome back Wait, hey. <laughs> let me open up my file and get ready <laughs> I'm the definition of professionalism. Right. <laughs> when we go to work, we get there on time. We don't get Actually, there. On, I do. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> we don't get there on time. We get there 20 minutes early. Is what happens. Actually, I do. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> Dude, I get okay. So I started my new job. Uh, <laughs> I get the oh, congrats. I so I started eight. I pull up at seven fifty five. I have enough time to walk in there and sit down at my desk to be there right at eight. Then I get up, and go get a snack. So what's that? What's your new job at? Oh, dude, I work for, uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, I now work for the man. I work for the state of South Carolina. So oh, no more disrespect. Job. Uh, no more Henry McMaster dis- disrespect. That's out of the window. None of that. None of that Fuck, stuff. Fucking, fucking shield. <laughs> I sold out. I sold out. Sometimes you have to. <laughs> Young Matt fought the system. Old Matt is the system. Sometimes you got to, man. You got to. To he make is. it to survive in this world. He is the system. You got to... You gotta, you gotta just say, "Hey, man, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll shovel what you say." I used to be Sylvester Stallone and Cobra. Hey, I don't shop here. That used to be me. Now, I'm Carl Winslow. I shop everywhere. <laughs> I wish Steve would get out of my damn house. <laughs> I wish you would leave. I want to tell my son Eddie 
who is actually my dog, I want to give my son life lessons. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so you can't bark at everything. This this has nothing to do with anything that we're about to talk about. Not <laughs> at all. So what are we going to talk about? Oh uh, God, I don't know, man. I just work here. Uh, no, we're going to talk about Godzilla versus King Ghidorah or Ghidorah, depending on uh, how you want to pronounce it. Depending on what, how far down the south you live, too. Yes, it does matter, actually. <laughs> All right, uh, I'll go ahead and kind of go over the little little bit of it first. So uh, let's get some background in- information on this movie. Background uh, this is uh, <laughs> Godzilla versus King Ghidorah is the third Godzilla film in the Heisei era, and it's the 18th overall Godzilla movie. 18 movies at this point now. Uh, It was released on December 14th, 1991, and the film went through some changes due to the poor reception of Godzilla vs. Biollante, which was the previous film. King Ghidorah was brought in to revitalize the series and was also... Also, due to the success of Bat to the Future, they decided that they wanted to incorporate time travel into this film. So, uh, before we actually get into talking about this movie, uh, let's talk about some of our first experiences with Godzilla. Matt, let's let you go first. Um, so, we brought it up in the last episode. Um, especially being like uh, millennials, I guess that's the uh, we can use that term without disdain now for our generation. Uh, millennials and people who just kind of grew up during that time period is that you were exposed to guys a little very early with uh, either it being toys or just watching reruns on cable. My experience mm-hmm. with Godzilla started off mostly with toys. Uh, hand-me-down toys or toys I got from Walmart because it's you know, dinosaurs. Dinosaurs are cool, especially when you're young, especially like a young yeah. adolescent boy. You know, like you know, it's it's a very cool toy to have. And then I started kind of getting into the movies. So when I got to the movies, especially when I was younger, I, I'm gonna keep bringing that up. I didn't really know the name of the movies. Only things I could even really remember was. You know, Godzilla shows up, he does the atomic breath, somebody dies, somebody gets messed up, you know, he saves the day in his own special Godzilla way. When I finally got into the movies, the first Godzilla movie that I really enjoyed was, at least that I can remember, was Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. Now, and, and you may know more than me about this one, but I think the I think there are three or four Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla's with almost similar names, right? Yeah, you're very, very, very right. There's actually, off the top of my head, I know for sure there's Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. I know there's a Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla 2. Uh, there's Terror of Mechagodzilla. And there's Godzilla against Mechagodzilla. But that's like different errors. Right. Of so like uh You're absolutely right. It, it kind of <laughs> yeah, it's like different errors. I think uh Godzilla against Mechagodzilla was in 
the Roa era? Okay. You may be right. Cause, well, okay, I asked about the eras in a second. Because I, I do get confused. So I would say the Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla that I watched, I think it had to be Terror of Mecha Godzilla because it's the one. Once again, correct me if I'm wrong. It this is the one where they're building the the artist makes these drawings, and they're building a Godzilla theme park. But the theme park is actually a front. These aliens have uh, these aliens have created this park as a front to work on Mecha Godzilla, and also to try to create other monsters to fight Godzilla. And this also has the Monster Island concept where. Godzilla and all the other monsters that he's defeated and his child is on the island as well. So that's one of my favorite ones. And then um gosh, what's the name of it? It was it was What's the one where they come from Planet X? Where is King Peter uh... again? That I think was something Monster Zero, or is it Invasion of the Astro Monsters? I think that might be the name. I think it was Invasion. Because the problem with uh, a lot of older Godzilla movies, especially like the Showa era, was uh, they were released over here with different titles depending on the distributor, mm-hmm. um, and the rights kind of got shot around quite a bit back in the day. Yeah, trying um, to trace that history uh, is confusing. Especially like pre pre uh around show era from 1954 to 75, it's really hard to because it's like there's so many, and they took advantage of people like also mm-hmm. when it came to buying some of these movies because some people would buy like different versions of the like they would see the title and they'd be like oh that's a different one and it turns out to be the same movie. Mm-hmm. Um. Evasion of the Astro Monsters was the sixth movie in the series, and it was after Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. See, that was after that one. I think that's the one where they take Godzilla and somebody to a different planet. Yeah, I actually that's what it was. Yeah, they, they, yeah they that's take, the one with Planet X. Yeah, they take Godzilla to the planet, and then they try to bring King Ghidorah to Earth to try to, which is, Kind of similar to what we actually about to talk about, uh, to try to mm-hmm. ca- capture Earth, and then I want to say we're probably probably three more. I'm just gonna be brief. You have Godzilla Final Wars, which that's just kind of just a fun watch because it's not really mm-hmm. about Godzilla; it's also about like the mutant humans and also the end of the world. Uh, then you have Godzilla 2000 or Millennium, depending on. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what side of the world you lived on at the time. Uh, when that came out, that was kind of like an extravagant event. I think during the time that was like the most money that they ever put in production for Godzilla. Uh, then, so, was that must by Alante might have been a little more. By okay, but like okay, by Alante. So I've never watched by Alante, so I'm gonna have to. It's really good. Okay. Um. Go ahead, Kyle. I don't want to derail you too much. And then the last one was that absolute abomination that was on Netflix. Uh, um, Planet of Monsters. The planet, 
The planet, planet Godzilla. Yeah, three parts: Planet of the Monsters, City, and City of Monsters, and Planet, planet Eater. Planet Eater. Okay, yeah. They were terrible. And then Godzilla, oh, yeah. Godzilla, Singular Point was also on Netflix. That was also terrible. God, yeah, I never did either. I didn't even finish <laughs> Godzilla, Singular Point. Talk about being bored to tears. Bored to tears. I, I got really, I did. I got extremely bored with that one. Um, My exposure to Godzilla was at a very young age of, I don't know, but I was extremely young. Um, I think. I think. It was probably something I saw on TV. And my mom and dad knew of this, knew of Godzilla. And they, it was one of the few things like they were like, oh, this was like our childhood. So yeah, you can watch this too kind of things. And um, I remember my dad had a co-worker that had cable and we didn't have cable. And they had Godzilla marathons on, I think, AMC or something like that. It was either AMC or TNT. Yeah, it was one of the two. I cannot remember which. Uh, TNT might be more accurate. I think TNT might be the one, actually. And um, he recorded a bunch of the Godzilla movies that was on that, that thing. You know, back then you could actually switch a VHS tape depending on the speed or whatever. And you could actually make, you can record up to like six hours of content. Right. On a VHS tape back in the day. And uh, they did that. And they brought it and they gave it to my dad. And my dad brought it home. And I remember watching that over and over again. And uh, to the point where my first VCR that I got, which yes, this is really dating. This is millennials for real. Um, <laughs> the first VCR that I ever got from my room, whenever I actually like kind of had my own room when I started getting older. Uh, we went to a uh, appliance place in town to get it, and he had a deal where if you bought if you bought the VA uh, the VCR from him, you could actually get one movie too. He had like a bunch of VC uh, VHSs that you could choose from, and I saw Godzilla nineteen eighty five on VHS, and that was my first. Godzilla movie that I got from my uh, my parents got me technically and I still actually have that like the VHS of it I still have it it's one of the few things I still held on to after all these years and um it's kind of one of my favorites even though honestly it's not the most action-packed Godzilla movie um but it's the one I have the most memories with and then after that I just had like a bunch of like Yard sale, flea market, exposures of buying VHS copies and all that. That's where the different titles was kind of throwing it off where it was like the same movie, but it was a different title. And, um, but yeah, that's my exposure to Godzilla. And I, I was also very hyped for the original 1998 Godzilla movie, the one for in America. Mm -hmm. Those, uh, teaser trailers and the, the, the cross promotion and the toys and all that, it really pulled me in as a kid. And uh, I wasn't too disappointed in the movie, honestly, as a kid. I hated that, you know, spoilers for um, 
almost 30 year old movie. But uh, <laughs> I hated that he died at the end in such a weak way. And, uh, but the cartoon that came after was really good. Yeah, you know, that's the crazy thing. The cartoon, the, the, the cartoon made a little bit more sense. It's a little bit more cohesive. And mm-hmm. it was, it was more well put together than the, than the actual movie. Oh, yeah. That cartoon was like extremely good. Mm-hmm. And, um, had some really, and it was like, it was like, you know, but you know, too, that cartoon came out in the era when, uh, cartoons weren't so dumbed down for kids. They were very, they had some mature elements. And even in the cartoon, because even there's even, there's an episode. I don't remember the episode, but I've read about it. Um, There's an episode where they actually bring back the Godzilla that was killed in the movie as as the Mecha Godzilla for that universe to fight the Godzilla in that in that series. So I thought that was wild. The thing that happens in the cartoon for kids, you know. You know, when I think about it, you know, going back and looking at the media and stuff, and we've probably had this conversation a few times. It's it's, it's kind of like they thought our parents were dumber than we were. Like you ever, yeah. You know, have you ever thought about that? Like whatever they gave to our parents was like the most straightforwardest thing that you can ever possibly imagine. Like, I mean, well, super I think- straightforward. Back then, if you're talking about like he's talking about like an old school Transformers cartoon, well, not even cartoons because the Transformers cartoons had some deep stuff in it. Uh, they had you know, even G.I. Joe has some deep concepts. Even looking at the, the G.I. Joe, uh, look at the G.I. Joe movie when that came out, it came out around the same time. They had deep concepts, you know. They were now, they mm-hmm. I think they didn't kill Duke at the end of it, I think they were going to try to no, kill him. They, they were originally going to, but because of the because um everybody all the kids being traumatized of Optimus Prime's death from the Transformers movie, they altered it and had it where he was uh going to be lifted off from medical attention. Mm-hmm. And they never claimed that he died, but they did do the same thing in the I think in the t- the cartoon afterwards, like they did in the Transformers, where they start changing up and get, throwing new characters in. The dude never shows up after the movie because he was never planned to show up after the movie. Little little bits and bit info because Optimus Prime dying in that movie was a little bit traumatic, even for me, even though I was not alive when that movie came out. Yeah, kind of weird, man. You know, um, and we talked about this before too. Like, them killing Optimus, like, okay, what do you think was going to happen? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wait, he killed what? like the number one uh transformer that every kid knew. <laughs> Yeah, what do you what do you think was what happening? And then they kind of threw Rodimus on you, uh, but hey, we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> oh yeah, that's for sure. I would love to talk about that. Yeah, that movie came out two years before I was born, but mm-hmm. it still traumatized me a little bit. Not really, but like it really upset me when he died. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's uh, that was my exposure to Godzilla. Uh, good stuff on that because it kind of gave me a. Uh, I think that really was what eased me into like the whole Takusu mindset and the whole idea of like Power Rangers and stuff like that, you know, because I was in the Godzilla before I was in the Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just time frame wise, you know, from what what came over here. 
yeah, if you even look at it chronologically about how things were created and uh, brought to America during that time, Godzilla got over here across the seas first before Power Rangers oh, yeah. or Super Sentai. And the uh, if you actually want to get into it some more, uh, Godzilla was the idea, like how they did the Power Rangers with the uh, filmed American scenes combining in it with the Japanese footage. The original Godzilla movie over here was done that way. Like, it was treated that way. Whenever they brought the first Godzilla movie here, they, they did the same up. thing that, that, yep, they cut it up and added uh, American footage with Raymond Burr. And uh, so the concept of how Power Rangers was doing its thing was is not something new and original. It was actually done by before by Godzilla. It's always been here. You just have to. The tree's been here for a while. It's just had to follow the roots, man. <laughs> you just gotta follow the plan. Follow the roots. <laughs> follow the plan. It's already here. It's already here. The keys to the future right. have been laid out in the past. Mmm. That's some foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> sure is. All right. Sure is. So, uh, let's get into it. Um... So the movie uh, opens up with like a UFO kind of flying over Japan. Right. And, you know, it goes to the different parts of the different parts of Japan and all that. And people kind of, you get all these different reactions and everything. And actually kind of like the way that was kind of like shot. Um, but when they finally actually make contact, they reveal that they are not actually aliens. They're time travelers from the future. And they actually came back uh, to the people of Japan to warn them that Godzilla will eventually destroy Japan. And to prevent this from happening, they actually enlist the help of like an author of a future book of the history of Godzilla. And they actually present him his book. And uh, the book tells the story about where, like, how Godzilla was like actually a dinosaur at some point. And had saved a bunch of Japanese military groups on the on the Lagos Islands during World War Two, and so they know the destination, they know where they need to go. Um, so they travel back in time to that point where the dinosaur is, so they could transport it off of the uh, island because in ten years following the event of the dinosaur dying, it would be exposed to a hydrogen bomb, which would eventually turn it into Godzilla. So, yeah, I know when we were watching, did you, uh, which version did you watch again? The uh, dub version or the Japanese version? I watched the dub version, which was surprisingly good. So, did they do the U.S. military thing with uh, the the captain, the, the Spielberg? When they were like, being uh, in it? yeah, so, are you talking about the part where he's like a shooting star? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When the when the U.S. military is like on the uh, their naval ships and they're kind of like about to, they're kind of like you know out out of sea from the islands and they're kind of like sending some of their troops out and they're kind of like watching the islands or whatever. Yeah, he's like, nobody's going to believe us. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, just keep. He says uh, maybe a big good, good story you could tell your kids someday, uh, Commander Spielberg or whatever he was. I can't remember what he was, Sergeant Spielberg. I, but, I, um, I think it may have said David in the uh, dub. 
but it's yes, yeah, so it's supposed to have been like Spielberg in the Japanese version, like Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. So it was implying that you know St- uh, Spielberg got his idea of uh, I guess ET from in the military <laughs> and seeing that, seeing these guys go back in time and transporting Godzilla to a different thing. Man, this <laughs> so, would be great. This would be great for me. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna have a huge living after this movie. After this, after my military service. You know. Uh, uh, oh no! You you continue. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so the cool part about leading up to that, well, at least this part I thought was cool, was that this dude is kind of like just in the mall, like with a microphone. Dinosaur. Mm-hmm. No, he's in a museum. I'm sorry. He's like dinosaurs are real. Dinosaurs save Japan. And he's like, man, this dude's crazy. What's this dude talking about? Like, oh, Travis is kind of like Godzilla. Uh, another thing that I found interesting is the first general that you encounter in the movie is, you know, we talked about Kamen Rider last week. The The general in the movie is the same guy who plays, uh, who plays uh, Tachibana. So, uh, was it Tachibana Tobe? I think I'm saying that right. Excuse me, Tobi Tachibana. So, he's the guy that's responsible for mentoring, like, the first five or six Kamen Riders. So when Takashi Hongo crashes his bike, he's the guy who helps Takashi like train for racing. He's the guy who gives Takashi a place to hold up. If he fast forward to come around to Amazon, he's the guy who helps Amazon, uh, gets him his bike, stuff like that. So he's pretty much just a mentor to him. And he played in a lot of stuff and I did not expect to see him in this movie. So, okay. I had this written down and I lost it and I had it for this the same movie. So Tachibana Tobe or the generals in Godzilla is played by Akaji Kobayashi. So he played in a bunch of stuff. Uh, I think he's got over 60-something things. No, excuse me. Over 106 things accredited to him right now. The things you may know of him, the uh, excuse me, that you may know him from the most is that he was in Kamen Rider, Ultraman, Godzilla, and there was one more movie that was really important because he was super, uh, him and a, uh, him and one of the directors in Japan were really tight. And so he always put him in a lot of his movies. Uh, unfortunately the young man, he passed away in 1996, but he was born hmm. in like the 1930s. So, um, yeah, he's born in 1930 and died in 1996. He died, yeah. he died right before, he, he died right before his next birthday. Damn. Right before he was sixty five years old, but that's he, messed up. He was he was in a bunch of stuff, so you know. But it happens, man. Like if you go back and look at it, like uh, I got something, I got something I worked on like a while back. I got to find it, send it to you, and all that stuff, so we can publish it. But a lot of these mm-hmm. directors, these guys who, okay, <sighs> give me give me a minute of your time, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so common theme this year common theme that I have pointed out a few times is that a lot of Japanese media or at least the way it is now has spawned from the atom bomb being detonated over those two cities right even Godzilla the concept of Godzilla you know even in this movie we're talking about people who survived World War II because of Godzilla so the mm-hmm. atom bombs were 
destructive forces of nature. You have people that were incinerated um, instantly. You have a whole city that was uh, not only almost obliterated, but what was left was on fire for three days. Uh, radiation fallout. And the radiation fallout was a real thing. Um, I've talked about Buntasuga Gawar. We talked about Kenji Fukusaku. Uh, I talked about Akaji just now. Um, we, we talked about so many Japanese people who died around the same time and around the same age of like 65, 66, 70, something like that. And you're thinking to yourself, well, you know, that's when people die, right? Yeah, in a way, but all these dudes died of cancer. That, that, uh, that radiation to do that to you. So, hey, that a bomb. Say what you will, man. Like, we really, we really fucked hey, them over. Hey, I can't. I can't sit here and say what's right or wrong. You know, I'm glad I wasn't the yeah. president. That's all I can say. That I'm glad it wouldn't <laughs> be making that call. I'm glad. I'm glad when I get to the gates, God ain't gonna ask me why I dropped that bomb. I'm glad I ain't got that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm glad it ain't on me. Because I hate I hate to be the man in that room to say, hey, do it. I don't think there's a right or a wrong way for an American to properly answer this question. No, there's really not because not for us, that was a uh, scenario that was um, yeah. that that response time was like immediate. Probably, I did. they needed to come up with some kind of decision like quickly. I had to check my notes, and, but they said Truman didn't want to do it, bro. I mean, I mean, damn, hell no, I don't want to do that. You think I want to drop a freaking atomic bomb on somebody? That'd be my call. No. Yeah, being uh, known as that person to do that. Uh, I ain't, I ain't the man. I ain't the man for that job. Yeah. I couldn't make that decision. Yeah, That's why I'm probably not president. <laughs> <laughs> Yet. Yet. Give me time. I'm, I'm, I'm getting stronger every day, every guys. Day, I become more powerful. <laughs> every day I absorb more of the light and the darkness grows. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... um. After uh, they transported the dinosaur, the uh, the future people returned to the present, but without leaving three creatures behind. Once they arrived, they reveal what their true intentions were. So Japan wasn't actually going to be destroyed by Godzilla. In uh, it was actually going to be become more powerful to the point where they were going to be even more powerful than America and China and Russia. And they were also at some point buying parts of like South Africa and everything like that. Uh So these people came together and basically were like, we're going to prevent that from happening. And so they create a creature and uh, his, this creature is uh, King Ghidorah. And it was from those three little monsters they left behind and they were able to control them. So during all this, we have some crazy stuff going on with the android that follows uh, these future people. And the android's name is M11. And uh, I figured we could talk about a little bit about him, uh, his, uh, the way he is and everything, because there's no way in my mind I do not see these people have maybe sitting down and watching Terminator and going, you know what? I want to put that in my movie. I want to put a Terminator in my movie. And so they put a Terminator in a Godzilla movie. 
I'm gonna be. I'm gonna go back even further. That ain't no damn Terminator. That's a synth. That is a, that is a Ridley Scott special is what that was. <laughs> is, oh, a synthetic. Yeah. I thought you were talking about a Sith like from Star Wars. Oh, no, no, no. It's a Sith. Excuse me. I'm from the South. <laughs> a synthetic. That is, that is exactly what that is. Yeah. I, I, feel, I feel more Terminator vibes because especially whenever he gets... Uh, he's chasing them on the, on, the, the road, on the freeway and he gets like... The car gets blown up and he's got like the pieces missing off of his face and everything like that. That just screams Terminator for me. Yeah, and he's just running. And, he's gliding. Down running like glide. And then you remember too, like whenever they go back in time and they're setting up all the stuff at the camp and he's like jumping and running and it's just like he's running across the forest. And it's just like he's skating almost. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, okay, so what one thing that's uh one thing that we didn't talk about too much, but we'll probably get into it, is like the special effects. <laughs> For its time, going back and rewatching it, I, okay, I, I thought they were good. You're right; they're not bad at all. I thought they were. I, I thought they were actually really good. Um, Some very clean uh, puppetry work too, done with both of both Godzilla and Ghidorah. Yes, 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 yes. The fights, the well, I guess that's the benefit of being made in Japan. Like they've had so much practice doing that style, like they can't. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult for them to mess that up. Oh yeah, I mean you literally have to like. Well, I mean they 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 that's what happened in the show era was they got to a point where the budget was like they were trying to make these movies so cheap to try to make some kind of profit because Godzilla's profitability back then, like in the show era, was slowly declining as the um as the series kept going, and to try to recruit and try to like make as much money as they could, they were slashing the budget down like like super super cheap to the point where they were actually using reusing footage from previous movies to pad out the runtime for the kaiju Mm. and what scenes they actually did use we got like the actual monsters was like basically non-existent of like any kind of budget almost it was like they they basically probably put the most of the money into the actual costumes themselves and not how to make them work on screen. They had just enough money to put them in a suit. Yeah, basically. And um, even though this movie was uh, the budget in this movie was drastically cheaper, drastically well, not drastically, it was less than uh, Biolante, the Bi- previous Bi-Lante. film. Biolante, Biolante, uh, I need to remember that. Yeah, that one's a. That's actually it's actually pretty good. We should probably watch it one day. Because okay. it's actually a really good. That's a really good movie. Um, but by with the uh, with that, they still put a lot of like care and was able to kind of like use what they could, and they did really well with this. Because it's like honestly, I feel like when it comes to some of these movies, and this is coming into like uh, movies that are being produced nowadays whenever there's super huge budgets in these movies it lose a lot you kind of lose a lot of your creativity because you kind of have to like when you don't have as much um when you don't have like that big supply of money to kind of back what you're trying to do you kind of have the limitation and you kind of have and usually that kind of makes the movies a little bit better uh like you know with jaws 
the original Jaws. Uh, the limitation of the technology and probably the budget too. They weren't able to get as many scenes as they wanted to film of the shark because of that. But but because of the lack of that, every time you saw it, it made an impact. And every time you did see it, it was such a quick cutaway moment that it was more terrifying, especially because you didn't know where it was coming from. So it gave you the idea of like it being always there lurking. So I feel like this is one of those, you know, this was definitely like more of an artist over the company kind of thing. They really had the ambition that they wanted to see what they could do with this movie and not having as huge of a budget. They were, they really did really well with making this actually flow and work and feel believable, you know, for people in a giant monster costume. Yeah. Special effect wise, man, going back to it. Uh, so, okay. So when they did the time travel, the way they spliced that and cut that moment was really good. We talked about oh, M11 yeah. as he runs out of like the car and everything, which is still a funny moment to me. Like he's just like gliding, like the actual, yeah, but it was, like, the actual explosions and the actual action scenes of the like the car chase was, were done really well, other than the running part, which I think that was a choice of just saying uh, he moves so fast it looks like he's gliding right across the screen, you know, because they could have really they could have done um. They could have pulled a thing like they did with, I think, the Flash TV show where they just sped up the footage of him running to make it look like he's running really fast. And that would have just kind of threw things off, especially with, like, if you had anything in the background because it wouldn't have looked so realistic as him running fast because everything else was moving just as fast, keeping up with that mm-hmm. pace. I wonder so how I they actually they shot that, you know? Like, maybe they put him on, like, a a track, not a track, like a treadmill and then pulled the treadmill down the street. Uh, uh, I don't know if they actually because I have to go back and rewatch it because I don't know if there was any telltale signs of it being like in front of a green screen or a blue screen or like um, you know how like they used to film old movies back in the day of them driving in a car and they would have the uh, reel playing in the background of like uh, footage yeah. of like archive footage that's right I'm wondering if maybe it was something like that of like archive footage of like uh, them going down the street and they kind of maybe sped it up a little bit and just had him like you saying like on a treadmill kind of gliding like he's running. Hell, he probably wasn't even on a treadmill. Honestly, they could have probably just had him just moving his arms, looking like he was running. Yeah, like moving. Let's see. I had um I had posted a clip on the Instagram page. I'm gonna take a look at it right quick. You know, this guy who plays M11, he really committed to it. I go, I go, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, uh, he's really, he really was impressive with it. I know my girlfriend was kind of like, she's just like, every time he, he popped up, like, in doing any of his scenes or anything like that, she was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I'll be real with you. It looks like, because if you look at the wind, oh, yeah, yeah. They, they, they were pulling him. They had to, pu- they had to, like, pull him somehow. Yeah, hey, okay, I'm watching that clip now. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, right there, that scene, him coming out of the car and his face being, like, half burnt, but you're seeing some of the mm-hmm. robotics underneath it. That that screams Terminator to me. That ha- Especially because I think this was around the same time Terminator 2 was probably being announced. Mm-hmm. And you can see, like, I was telling you about how the running scene, the them speeding it up when he was running away from the flames, they did that. Hell, they could have done that. They could have had him on a treadmill and just pulled him in front of the car. Ah. Uh- 
I'm intrigued. I don't know if I would ever get that answer. I would. I would really. That's one thing I hate about, um, especially older films like this. We never will get that. We'll never get that. That that closure on that, unless we find never find some kind of like, yeah, unless we find some kind of like a documentary or something on that. Oh, you go ahead. Oh, uh, going back even in it too, which they kind of did it in a very tasteful way that maybe a lot of people didn't understand and pick up on was that it was still not saying that this was okay. What's the proper word I want to say? It was still Japan versus the world, right? So yeah. the parallels of the, the the past ran parallel to the future. So it was. Japan and the access versus the world back in the 1940s and going into the distant future it is once again Japan versus the world and they I don't know if this was intentional or inadvertently but they actually crafted the perfect villain for this scenario which was like those time travelers like this is actually the the perfect villain for what they were trying to do like mm-hmm. contextually just contextually, the absolute perfect villain. Like somebody, like say if you're like an older guy during this time frame, you're probably like 35 years old or something like that during this time. So if you're 35 years old during the 1986, you're probably, you're probably experiencing Japan coming to like some type of economic growth out of the world wars. So you're that's probably fresh to you. So they probably resonated with this movie a lot better than other guys was. Hmm. Well, actually, there was a little bit of a backlash with that because mm. of the nationalism of this. Right. Uh, there was a little bit of a backlash on that, and actually, I think the director actually got accused of being hating Americans at one point because he kind of made them the villain a little bit in the. Um, he really villainized them really much in the the World War Two scenes, and he actually went on a blog post in two thousand six. I think, and actually had to like defend himself, saying that he does not hate Americans, and he actually does. Uh, he really enjoys American film in general. But bro, we were so historically we were enemies. Like, how can you? Yeah. How can you hate? Okay, that's not hatred. That's facts. Yeah, but, uh, you know how it's, uh, even now, even like in twenty twenty three, we have. Things where you can't be historically accurate with things because it's like too taboo now. Yeah, like look at like okay, so go back to it. Pandemic. Uh, look at Lovecraft Country. Uh, Lovecraft mm-hmm. Country went back to the um, damn it. Jeez. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not going to. I'm not going to say the name because I want to make sure I have the right information. I didn't prepare to say that, but Lovecraft Country. Touched on a lot of racial aspects that people didn't like, but they were things that romanticized, of course. Uh, but then, in a lot of scenarios, fact was far worse than fiction. But these are things that people had to deal with during this time frame. So I don't understand how one could be upset because it's historical, it's documented. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's documented that hey, this this happened. You know, it, this is agreed upon by scholars and people who are supposed to be smarter than me and you combined. Yeah, it's just like I said, it's just, it, it's kind of became a taboo thing. Uh, that's 
<laughs> it's literally one of those things where it's just like you cannot be you can't I don't know. It's something I really don't want to get into. Yeah. But it's just like uh, I get it. You got to tiptoe around feelings. You know, you got to tiptoe around yeah. feelings. Like in 2023, it's like so. It's like I don't want to be cliche and call people snowflakes, but it's kind of like it is true. You know, okay. So, so I'm not going to say snowflakes. Yeah, that's what I said. I don't want to say that because that's just too, too cliche of a word and not accurate. People just get so up in, uh, they get so up in arms about bullshit that don't impact their lives. Like, okay, I'm yeah, having that's yeah, like, that's, bro, that's exactly yeah mm-hmm. yeah. So like, I'm gonna be real with you. I'm goddamn sick and tired of talking about fucking Budweiser, bro. I'm sick. Oh, of yeah, that, yeah. I'm sick of that shit, man. I don't care. I don't care about none of that shit, bro. I don't even fucking drink. So I'm tired of people talking about fucking Bud Light. Shut the fuck up. It's beer. Okay, you don't want to drink the fucking beer? Drink a fucking Heineken. But I shouldn't have to hear this every day and night. Like, yeah, it's um, insane. Yeah, I get it. I mean, yeah. That's how I feel. Like, I'm just so... I'm at the point. <laughs> and I've had this discussion with my girlfriend multiple times. I am so goddamn sick and tired. And I just don't fucking care enough. Hey, bro, about I, yeah, I don't care. Problems. It's like it's so irrelevant. It's like it's like creating an argument for argument's sake. It's kind of one of those it doesn't things. impact yeah. me. Yeah, it doesn't. I I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? Like I don't like, care. But then I've told you this before. We are no longer the target the target demographic of anything. <laughs> you know, oh yeah, nobody's trying to sell us shit. We, yeah, they know millennials can't afford shit. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, we could barely afford our house. <laughs> that will in 10 years depreciate like a fucking rock sinking in the ocean. Yeah. Or a submarine. Oh, no, I'm not making that joke. Uh, oh, no, 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 I'm uh, not doing that. Matthew's I a mean, nice guy. Yeah. It might just implode. G- okay. <laughs> this is our third episode back and we've been doing such a great job of not going off the rails until now so imagine okay I'm, I'm not going to make fun of the devs because that's not right but you are a effing billionaire there's got to be a better way for you to spend like 250k yeah, I mean, and that's that's between that's five people spending two hundred fifty k. Yeah, dude, you're a millionaire, and you you have five people spend that amount of money. And I was reading that they made the submarine out of like carbon fiber. I am not a scientist. I am not the smartest man in the world. But in the eighth grade, we had a discussion about pressure as you go further down in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Had this conversation, and we we had all. Time. I, would, I would assume that you know, common knowledge that <laughs> people knew this. I would assume them being uh, what was it? Was it billionaires? Billionaires. That you know, millionaires. I think one was a billionaire. One guy was like one. I think one was like an owner of the company. One was a billionaire. The other guy was still like dumb rich. Uh, four, four to five guys really rich, and then I think the 
the other guy was like the billionaire's son. Goddamn. Um, I would assume that, you know, they would have to go to school at some point to at least make that kind of money. I would assume that they they would have they would have took that course. That's why I, I said that, that it was uh, to get to get really dark real quick for one second. Just just, just hear me out. All right, go for it. Just hear me out. This is a really really dark potential joke. Um, I said that it was uh, the most expensive suicide pack. Ooh, Eduardo. But before actually, 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 before um, they actually discovered the remains, I actually had a theory. I had a little my own little conspiracy theory that the guy who was building the sub, because you know, when they built it, you know them actually the way it was built. There was no windows, so they're they're taking the sub down to the Titanic. So they're not actually going to physically see the Titanic with their eyes through the window it was going to be via camera on a screen right you know the same way you watch uh, uh the remains of the titanic on a youtube clip that you can look up right now in the comfort of your home hell if you even want to you can take a shower or you can lay in the bathtub and watch it and feel like you're in the sub I, my, my theory was that he had them drop off and then they scooped them up and took them into like an isolation chamber somewhere and he was just conning them and making them think they saw the Titanic. Oh, no. <laughs> he was going to collect their money oh, and then return them back no, later. That no, was my theory. No. That was my original theory. <laughs> but then literally not long after I just said that theory, my uh, my girlfriend found the uh oh the found the footage of them finding, you know, finding the remains or whatever. <laughs> so the thing that got me was so everybody so due due to due to the events of my life that I won't get into, uh, everybody always asks me questions about video games, and they're like, "Oh, did they use that really that type of controller?" I say, "Yes, bro. Yes, they used." Yeah, that. the Logitech controller. Um, hey, I yes, even I, I mentioned that too. Yes, I was bro. like, the fact they use a Logitech controller, yes, they bro. couldn't use. They didn't even use like a, a Xbox. <laughs> one. My co one of my coworkers was like. They couldn't afford an Xbox controller. They couldn't even. They couldn't get a, a, a Xbox One controller, which has the same drivers, which has the same drivers. You can. I don't know. See, I always say to myself, there has to be a reason why I'm not a billionaire. That's not because of my own it's, doing. It's it's biblical. It's the reasons behind this. Yeah, it's biblical. It's like God's like, bro, I'm not going to give you that money. Cause I know what you're gonna do with this money, and he's like, "Yo, you gonna build a rocket? You gonna do something stupid? You gonna have a tank? You gonna try? You gonna try to play Starfield in real life? Yeah, man. <laughs> you go, you go hire people, and you go train for and like gonna, years, and then you all you gonna get Bethesda to do the software for it? Do software for you gonna develop software like Matt? You you gonna make you gonna make a team of Power Rangers? I'm not giving you this money for this, bro. I'm not doing this. All right. I'm, I know what you're gonna do. This I'm, is why you're you're poor. <laughs> this is why you're poor. You are not building a Batmobile. This is why you're poor. God's a uh, God literally putting his hand to his chest and throwing out the peace sign. This is for you, homie. <laughs> like my my sweet dumb little man. <laughs> oh, but you okay. But on the real though, technically. I can bring this whole sub situation 
back and make it actually relevant. Boom, ties into the ties into the movie. It does because after you know the future people actually move Godzilla's uh, dinosaur remains from the island, so he wouldn't be exposed to that hydrogen bomb. It was, uh, it was, you know, it was told that the reason why they did that was so that way Godzilla wouldn't prevent them from destroying Japan with King Ghidorah. So they moved it to like a certain part of the ocean, and uh, so everybody, like, uh, Japan's like trying to come up with an idea to like find a way to try to like see if they can resurrect Godzilla. It's like if he was brought back, if he was brought. If he was created due to like the hydrogen bomb, if they drop like a nuke on him or something like that, shouldn't it do the same thing? So they're actually getting a submarine and they're going to do uh, equipped with nuclear weapons and they're going to try to shoot him at Godzilla or the remains of Godzilla. So the sub is actually en route to do this. But they actually find an article later on that a Russian sub, a new a nuclear Russian sub, sank near the same remains that they just deposited Godzilla's body, or the dinosaur of Godzilla, and had already turned Godzilla, got created Godzilla once again, which actually fixes the uh, the the potential time paradox that they were going to have in this movie, with. You know, moving Godzilla's remains and all that stuff not happening and blah blah, you know, because it actually fixes that because Godzilla was still a thing. Yeah, because he was still the same Godzilla, more or less. And so this Godzilla intercepts the sub and actually absorbs the nuclear radiation radiation from hit and actually becomes stronger. Double radiation, and basically. And then he goes and fights Ghidorah. And he actually gets help from like uh, M11, uh, Emmy, which was like uh, supposed to have been one of the last survivors of Japan or something like that from the future. Because she didn't know about the uh, future, other future people's like plans. So she decides to help out like the, the present day people. And so they eventually found a way to stop Ghidorah from the, the mind control of Ghidorah or whatever. And Godzilla defeats him. And eventually turns and kills the future people as well, mm-hmm. not including you know M eleven and Emmy. This is where you were kind of talking about like Godzilla's like resurrection becoming more of a more of a force of nature kind of thing. Because once he destroys the future people and King Ghidorah, he decides hey, to go on his own rampage. I want me some of that Tokyo real bad. I got some uh, real estate. <laughs> For you, I got to have it's free me some real of that estate. Tokyo. I got to have it. <laughs> Godzilla looks at Japan. Mm. Free real estate. You looking good there, baby. <laughs> so he good. goes on his little rampage, and uh, M11 and Amy to go to the future, and uh, decided they're going to recover the remains of Ghidorah and actually resurrect it with future tech, and go back in time, and bring out Mecha King Ghidorah. To fight Godzilla. And he's being piloted by Emmy, so he's kinda like a Jaeger. It's just like your first instance of a Jaeger versus Godzilla. That's true, yep. And uh they basically defeat Godzilla, but they don't actually kill him. Yeah, so she, she's just like what? Because um, they fight and Godzilla like beats her. Cause she's she's piloted, mm-hmm. right? 
Yeah, she's piloting it. So she doesn't. Yeah. I mean, obviously, she's not a Jaeger pilot. So, <laughs> so uh, Gaza beats her, and well, she's beaten. But then uh, the author, he's like, "Yo, deploy the no." M eleven says, "Deploy the claws," and she just captures them. Yeah, and so she's like, kind of like flying off with them. But I guess she's. Es- I can't remember. Does she escape? I, I mean, obviously, she got out. I, there was a jet button or something. Yeah, she ejected out, and then they got back into like the the time machine and mm-hmm. yeah because i think m11 came and saved her because like it's been a few days since i watched this a few weeks actually and um and then godzilla and make a king Ghidorah go to the ocean and obviously godzilla didn't die he just swims off mm-hmm. this is a little thing and then uh you basically find out that emmy is actually a descendant of the author of the book it's not really important. It's just uh, a thing to throw out there. <laughs> no, it, yeah, it was just, it's kind of like something they just kind of added in because, you know, as but you look at the movies. Weird about that whole scenario was the fact that, like, um, they, it kind of felt like they were going to have a uh, romantic relationship at some point in the movie, the way they were acting. Okay. To me. Sure. Because the, the author was definitely feeling kind of something on it. Now, and you're right. But okay, so here was the here was the end and the out. So the end was they did make their relationship super close, right? Because you know, mm-hmm. you know how it is in movies back then, you know, the hero has to fall in love with somebody. So their relationship was close. That was the end, but the out was his editor was like the the one you t- you see the editor like four times. She's actually mm-hmm. like you know, I forgot to write to write down her name, but she's uh let's see if I can pull it up while I'm talking. But she's actually like crazy ass attractive. Um She um and she constantly was constantly nagging him about marrying her yeah, too. Yeah, that's that's what it was. That's what that's what I was alluding to. Um He never actually mentions like they never mentioned the out to him. Cause she says it in the ship as she's flying off. That she's uh, one of his descendants. But, I don't know. Like you said, though, it was like the Hollywood time thing back then. It was the 90s. They needed that whole thing. Well, you know, that could have been another little, like a subplot that they were probably trying to pull from Back to the Future as well. I want to go now. Actually, I want to retract what I just said and uh, say, yeah, they were kind of doing that because it was like, you know, with Marty and his mom, you know, like a little play on that from Back to the Future. Well, yeah, it was probably the movie at the time. Yeah, and that was one of the re- that was one of the reasons why they incorporated time travel in this movie was because it's the success of Bats the Future in Japan. All in all, though, um, so what'd you think of the movie overall? Uh, I really liked it. I had I had a lot of fun watching it. Uh, it was oh yeah, me too. It, it was interesting enough throughout the entirety of the movie. Uh, you know, of course, I wasn't expecting like Schindler's List or something like you know. Uh, Jeez, I, mean, I would put this. I think I would put this just right above, you know, right above, you know, nothing, <laughs> nothing, 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 nothing like groundbreaking, you know, stuff like that. Like right above, you know, is less than like just a hair below Citizens Kane. Just a touch. <laughs> just, just a touch below Casablanca. Yeah, I mean, nothing can touch Casablanca. <laughs> nothing can touch Casablanca. But it was good, man. Except for, except for Godzilla versus uh, King Ghidorah 2, yes. which we'll never get. Yeah. <laughs> which was better. <laughs> no, but no, it, 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 it's just... 
it's it's what you want in a Godzilla movie. You have uh, a dedicated story from the human side. You have dedicated fights with Godzilla. The plot revolves around Godzilla as well. Um, mm-hmm. And it didn't make you feel stupid. You know, like a lot of times in these movies like this, uh, like these, like these movies that focus on monsters or focus on like action have a way of making you feel dumb. You know, they oh, chew yeah. horn in plots that shouldn't even exist in the first place. But they didn't, like I said, they didn't do that here. And they did a good job. I liked it. Like I say, I, I enjoyed it, man. If I had to throw a number on it, I'd probably give it like a, a 8 out of 10. Yeah, honestly, I would probably do that too. I think maybe I might do an 8, 8.5. Because when you compare it with other Godzilla movies, I give it an 8.5. Right. Because it was like you said, it's super fun. Um, the plot was actually not stupid like most of the earlier uh, show era movies um the idea of like the reasoning for like the creation of king Ador was really well thought out and the fact that it was like kind of almost a terrorist attack almost in a way like a terrorist group attacking japan i thought that was actually really well done um in general like you got you got the godzilla versus king Ghidorah fight and then you got a rematch with Mecha King Ghidorah versus Godzilla. And the fact that, you know, they brought in the idea of Mecha, you know, they they, they got they took the idea of Mecha Godzilla and kind of twisted it to fit Mecha King Ghidorah, which was something that was probably the first thing that time that was ever done was uh, having another mech outside of Godzilla fight Godzilla. That was actually really cool. Uh... So yeah, I'll definitely give it an 8.5. Um, now, do you think with them trying to keep up with other movies like Back to the Future and trying to incorporate stuff like that, do you think that helped or hurt this movie? I think it helped. Sometimes, man, um, the, thing about, the thing about life, movies, media, stuff like that, you can't use a broad brush, right? So mm-hmm. you can't do this every single time. But some cars, the only thing they really need to look better is a fresh coat of paint. And... Mm-hmm. To improve on the formula of bringing up the modern times, you can bring Godzilla up to modern times by simply improving the special effects here and there and borrowing a handful of things. The core was still there, right? The core was there, or what's it, what's a good analogy here? Um, the chicken was still chicken. You know, yeah, you put a little barbecue sauce on it, right? But you didn't put like a ton of, you didn't put a ton of, ton of garlic on there. You didn't put a ton of paprika on there. You put just enough salt. Uh, you, you added it and you boosted the flavor. So it works, man. I, I think it helped. Yeah, I think with the, even incorporating the time travel, just because of other movies at the time, I think, I think this is the first time time travel was actually in a Godzilla movie. It was kind of like unique. And interesting, even though that they kind of went to space and done some crazy shit and before, but like the fact that time travel was probably this is probably the first time they actually incorporated time travel, and to do it in the third movie of the Heisei era when it seemed like they were trying to be more of a realistic approach, I think that was kind of like cool because it was kind of like they said, "Hey, uh, we're willing to try some new things out and do stuff." All right, so. Before we wrap it up, what Godzilla film do you think we should probably watch next? 
Uh, either we need to watch Millennium in 2000 or Bio. Okay, you gotta say it. Biolante. Biolante. Not Biolante, yeah. but Biolante. Uh, Biolante. Yeah, because I've never watched Biolante before, ever. Mm hmm. Uh, uh, that's a good, good. That's good. This is a little bit of a difficult one for me to choose. Uh, because I actually kind of either one would be good. Do you have that? I would say maybe we should. I have Biolante, yeah. I have all of them. I would probably find it illegally because I can't buy you it. You might have to because it's a to buy it like regularly, you'd be spending like to buy it legally, you would have to spend over a hundred dollars probably. And I don't think you want to do that for one movie. Uh, let's check. Godzilla versus Biolante. Ooh, it's $34. That's too much. Too steep for me. I mean, I'm not going to buy the Blu-ray, but I'll just... Well, I'll get it. Don't worry. <laughs> I see you just want to do Godzilla versus Biolante next. Biolante. That's it. Okay. Well, we'll we'll definitely touch on Godzilla versus Biolante uh, sometime soon. Not like it's not literally going to be our next episode, but yeah. Uh, NBC. What are we doing next episode? Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It um, all depends. So I, I don't want to put like a uh, put a counter on what we do because yep. we change our minds a lot. Yep. Uh. But yeah, I, I had a good time watching this. Um, definitely uh, enjoyed going back and watching, rewatching this. So, uh, well, if you got anything else you want to mention about Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah from 1991? So these guys come from the future. And they tr- take Godzilla from the past, but they accidentally put him where more nuclear radiation is. That just seems like a crazy ass oversight. Oh yeah. Well, that was one of the big things that were like, I guess no matter where we put him, he's always gonna be created. That's that that was like that 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 was kinda like, hey, God's like Godzilla's gonna happen. All right. <laughs> I mean, it's got God in the name. <laughs> this he is a part of your universe. And there's nothing Stop you can do about it. Stop trying to take Godzilla away. <laughs> Stop taking Godzilla out of our schools. <laughs> All right, that's the it, guys. Uh, thanks. <laughs> thanks for joining us. fly over this island too this is the last of the marshall islands next we take the marianas sir this war might finally be coming to an end major i certainly hope so sir enemy plane sir impossible no plane can fly that fast 
That looked to me like it was from another planet. I have to agree, sir. It did look like it was from another planet, but... Shall we report it, sir? What, that we're being invaded by little green men from outer space? Let's just keep it as our secret. You can tell your son about it when he's born, Major Spielberg. Sir, yes, sir! I will, sir.